Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are now in the realm of enlightenment and transformation. Welcome to Chief Speaks. All music performed and produced by you, Young. Enlightenment and transformation. Enlightenment comes from allowing yourself to journey through the dark shadows of death the primordial abyss of wisdom's waters. For it is the treasures and mysteries that lie wait in the dark that transform us and propel us to a new enlightened state. One should neither aspire to live in the light nor the dark, but should journey between the two in order to evolve the overall reality into a self-actualized creation. Knowledge is your light as wisdom is your darkness. The bold interplay of the two in your life leads you to an enlightened understanding of yourself and the universe you've created. Male is your enlightenment. Female is your transformation. Child is your evolution. Woman, accept the light into your darkness so it may enlighten you. Man, bring your light boldly into the darkness so that it may transform you. Enlightenment and transformation. I love you so much because you just don't know what you've just done for me. Thank you so much. Wow. This is like the best call I've had in ages on BTR. So this show was was meant for me to be able to hear today, and I'm so thankful. That's his, uh, his home. For now, a new pathway has now been cut in order to get to the Almighty, where there may not have been one. So the communication with them, if they have enough power and strength, I to talk to us, the communication will get very late. This is one of the reasons I don't get into the current thing too much because it starts to become a perpetual alarm clock that we just keep hitting snooze on. I speak to the ascended masters, quote unquote. I talk about spiritual stuff, but I also speak about some very practical, we can do today things. Be as natural as you can be with your spiritual self. You can't always go by your feelings because your feelings are corrupted. Your feelings are just as corrupted as everything else, your chakras and everything else. You gotta know what's beyond you, and that's why we have elders. We can't do everything. You can't get everything out of books or or a weekend certification. You can have the most powerful, ancient, oldest, most, as far as you know, truthful tradition in your hands. And if you still have a, a dirty um, spirit, you're not going to get anything out of it. You're not going to learn anything. You're not actually going to grow. I try to teach in a way where I make myself obsolete. That's always been my goal, to make myself obsolete. Um, I really wanted to, you know, kind of big you up um you know i think you're awesome there's a lot of elders out here right now that that want to know what's going on they're not getting on twitter and stuff like that but they want to be up on on the new stuff you know sit down and have some conversations with them you know it's not always about hearing their story it's also about being news reporters for them and letting them know like yeah this is what's, what's happening right now they may tell you something about what happened in Charleston that you couldn't even your spirituality has to create the same spiritual family okay and that family exists first inside of you you have to express the different expressions of, of that rainbow coalition of, of, of spirits 
inside of you first. Okay, don't don't let communities hijack that rainbow. See, the problem is when we come into the conscious community, the dudes are doing the same thing that the women are doing. I just want to say that I really enjoy your show every Sunday, and um, my friend and I call it going to church. You know, when we call him, we'll be like, you going to church? God cannot go against his own truth. So anytime you have an inkling that God is going against his own truth, then God is no longer behaving as God, so therefore the spiritual community doesn't recognize God. You dig where I'm coming from? Or can we have a new thought? Can we step outside of the books for a second and have a new conversation about hair weaves and wigs? You know, can we have a new conversation about homosexuality? Can we have a new conversation about vegan eating? It's a good day for exorcism. Good morning. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Chief Speaks. This is Chief Yuya speaking, and uh, you are listening to Enlightenment and Transformation. Uh, I'm, I'm willing that you all are well rested and have began your day with surety and power, and you're standing strong on some strong legs. You know, and you're and you're you're nice and grounded and rooted in the convictions of your divine purpose and the wisdom of your ancestral guidance and inklings. Yeah, we're here with another Chief Speaks dealing with this authority or spiritual authority subject as we've been covering all month. And um like I said, it's it's for me it's it's been good. You know, this these are the type of subjects that um, a very foundational and, and rudimentary that I enjoy covering, uh, you know, with you all, because I think it, it allows for a greater and wider breadth and a stronger base and foundation of um, collective vernacular, you know, and collective thought. Sometimes it's difficult when you're trying to build something or you're trying to work with, with individuals and uh, there's so many wayward ideas, it, even if, it, you know, you don't necessarily have to agree with one another's ideas, but there's just a lack of comprehension of what one another is saying. And it's hard to move or to build or to, or to get anywhere, per se, um, with that type of, of energy present. So it's, I always like to go back to some of the rudiments, you know, dealing with the, the high energetic metaphysical topics is, is cool. You know, it's, it's always fun and, and things like that. But um when you're speaking about things that primarily go over individuals' heads, and that's not that's not so fun, you know. There's, there's nothing um, honorable so much about that. So, you know, like I said, it's a good feeling. I, I enjoy being able to get back to roots, you know, having conversations about respect and honor, integrity, and faith, and and you know those basic and simple words that we utilize so often, but don't necessarily maybe totally comprehend the meaning of or uh, maybe have not agreed within a collective environment of how we're going to all use those words, how we're going to define them and how we're going to, more importantly, apply them to our ascension back home. You know, so, yeah, this has been a good uh, a good month in that sense, because, like I said, we're getting back down to some basics, the basics of spiritual authority, you know, so. I want to uh, share some information really quick before I uh, go into the topic. I think I'm going to try to hit it and quit it this uh, this Sunday dawning uh, instead of belaboring the point further than, than what it, it need be, you know. And 
again, as I always urge you all, uh, especially you, you newer or more recent listeners, uh, if you catch us in the middle of the month or towards the end of the month, it's always a good thing to listen to the first Chief Speaks of that month. You know, because it would kind of give you some, you know, just just some a, a good precursor, uh, so you'll understand what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, so if I say, because right now we're like on part four of spiritual authority, right? So there's some things I'm not going to cover because I already covered them, and there's some things that I'm continuing in terms of thought. So it it would benefit you to go back and listen to the earlier ones too, and that way you can kind of put the whole tapestry together. You know. So, because uh, ult- ultimately you're looking at what, like uh, maybe eight hours worth of material just on spiritual authority. Not to mention the last show of the month, uh, we have the student panel that we'll be doing. So that's a, that's going to be like another two hours. So you got ten hours just on spiritual authority. So if you don't know what spiritual authority is by then, you don't want to know. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I, I urge you go back and, you know, like get get the get the fullness of it, man. Sit down with your notepad or your tablet, however you like to take notes and and, you know, soak it up, soak it up, soak it up. So now when you when you get up from your computer or, or your phone or the park, wherever you're at listening to it and you, you get up and stand on your feet again, you know it. That's that's kind of like another notch you can put in your belt. You know, you can scratch off spiritual authority. Got this one. OK, cool. Now I can start using this and speaking about it intelligently and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I just urge you all to definitely soak up, you know, uh, the shows in succession as much as you can. You know, let me welcome all of you coming in from the chat room as well. You know, I, I see uh, I, I just I just opened up the chat myself. So I'm I'm a little late on the chat. I was um actually having a conversation up until about 15 seconds before the show started. <laughs> so um, I'm opening up everything a little bit late, but uh, you know, peace to all of you in the chat room. Those of you on block talk radio, let me give you uh start with the first important announcement. Um, we're going to shut down the block talk radio thing by the end of this month. All right. I know I, I hinted and I, I teased with it a little bit, but yeah, um, we're going to bring it down. And, and I'm going to I'm going to just, you know, I, over that time period when they first made the switch and they were charging people on T-Mobile or T-Mobile subsidiaries. I think that you guys were telling me you were getting prompts for a dollar or a penny a minute. Um, you know, and I said I spoke to them and I didn't like their answer. You know, they, they were just a little too cheeky for, for my taste. Uh, so my thing is, okay, well then you, you know, you don't need my finances. That's how we're going to do that. You know, I'm not going to patronize, uh, someplace or somewhere that I'm just not satisfied with. So, um, the archive shows will still be available. All of them, all four or 500 of the shows. So you can still go on and listen to them and all that, but going forward, um, I'm going to downgrade the account. Okay. So the account will still be there, but we're not going to do the, the calling. And then, like I said, during that time period when that was happening, a lot of you had reached out and, you know, I had asked anyone if you had any suggestions on replacements. So I, I got some good information on some blog talk alternatives. All right. So I'll be implementing one of those going forward. But the key thing is I want to be able to keep my own phone number. All right. I already own several 1-800 numbers now that I don't even use. 
I own about four of them and I'm getting ready to buy another one. Um, you know, plan for expansion, <laughs> you know, so I have, I have, uh, a lot of phone numbers, but I have like four, well, I'll have five, uh, because they got, they have a new, um, exchange coming out, 833, which is a new kind of 1-800 number that that's coming out, um, June 17th, I think, cause they have pushed the date back. So I had already put in my pre-orders for that months ago to get one of those, um, so yeah, I, it'll be about five one eight hundred numbers that I own, and um, just cause you never know, you never know where this thing goes, <laughs> you know. So um, if you want certain things in your life, or you know, um, you gotta sometimes you gotta think big, you know. And it's and especially when you know you're in a space where there's a there's a high level of growth, you know, you let the universe know that I'm prepared for that growth. I'm ready, <laughs> you know. So. Um, I would like to set up some type of system where you all can call in on a 1-800 number and it's my 1-800 number. So that way, if I decide to change companies or whatever, I can take my number with me. So that we'll be implementing that in the forward, but I'm going to close this blog talk that thing down, you know, uh, at least the call-ins, all right? which I don't think is going to be that big deal. Like I said, it seems like you all enjoy the chat room a little bit more anyway, you know which I know why, but <laughs> all right. So that's, that's the first announcement with that next announcement. I want to let you guys know is that today, uh, and I should have been announcing this prior to, but uh, I guess I kind of got caught up in the messages and kept forgetting. But uh, today we're having the men's call, a men's call. Let me say that. Um, normally we have the men's call once a month, but um, we have a bi-monthly thing that we're starting this, this, um, this Sunday. And, um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of the, the the intro for the brothers who will be calling in to know what to, to expect. Um, and I'm going to read from the announcement uh, given to us by Brother Anwar. Greetings, brother. The second I knew men's call us to address the issue. Oh, God. As soon as I get started. Hold on. Let me mute my phone. Let me mute. Obligation. That's what I should, I should name my phone. Obligation. 2.0. Okay. Anyway, greetings, brother. This, this second our newsmen's call is to address the issue of financial awareness, freedom, and growth. I have had conversations with a few brothers and have found that one of the most critical things we have to address is the importance of wealth. In this call, we will allocate time to speak on wealth building, information discussions on financial opportunities and growth possibilities, goal setting, and setting up a system for accountability. All right, I'm not going to share anything more from it, but that's the basic um, intro. So, so you brothers who call in, you'll know what to expect. All right. And, you know, we've been speaking about, um, not just wealth, but also how we we're relating to the sisters and and family settings and things like that. So it's all intertwined and all related. So, you know, those of you who call in, uh, you know, just so you know, what's on the agenda, be prepared to, uh, have those, those, or, or that, conversation, that discussion. Um, and that should be taking place, I believe, at one o'clock uh, Eastern today, uh, if I'm not mistaken. All right. So, um, yeah, there you go on, on a, the second announcement. All right. So I see Nicole just asked in the chat room, will we still be able to speak with you, Chief, during the show? When's the last time you spoke with me during the show, Nicole? <laughs> Come on, I'm waiting. 
<laughs> When's the last time you called in and spoke to me on this show, Nicole? <laughs> Y'all don't want to speak with me. Everybody's afraid of me. Y'all afraid to speak with me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, y'all don't y'all don't need that right now. You know, only people who who not afraid about maybe a handful of y'all. But I don't think it's you, Nicole. I don't think you ever called in. If I'm wrong, correct me. And if you did, like, I have only spoken with Kim. So what you talking about speaking with me? See what I'm saying? You don't talk to me. <laughs> but um. Yeah, and everybody gonna talk tough in the chat room. I ain't scared. Uh huh. Ain't nobody ever called in. Anyway, so um, and you know, y'all gotta get this thing out of your mind before we move on. You gotta get this thing out of out of your mind. Like, well, chief, I know you like to bash on people. I've heard. That. No, I don't. I don't want the conversations to have to always go to some ridiculous place because you said something ridiculous. I mean. I don't have a boring life. I really, really don't. My life is not boring at all. This show is not my only means of social interaction or opportunity to stir up some trouble or anything like that. I prefer things to be real smooth. If if you remember, I stopped taking calls on my show, you know, months ago. So because of the, the some of the foolishness that kept coming in and there were a lot of people who appreciated that, who reached out to me and said, yeah, chief, I'm glad you don't take the calls of me because it, some people were getting so disrespectful. They're so hard headed, you know, that it was frustrating me. I don't know how you put up with it. You know, so I'm not some person who just likes to go around and make people feel bad or hurt people's feelings or anything like that. That's I'm not into that at all. That's that has nothing to do with my personality. Now, I'm a very direct. Yeah, I'm a I'm always I've always been that way since I was a little boy. I'm I am very direct and I will say what needs to be said regardless of how you going to take it. But I do also have tact. I know how to say and put things in a way where I can most strategically present something so it could be accepted while at the same time allowing the person to walk away and still be whole. I can do that. You know, but sometimes some people are so uh aggressively determined to um, crash their plane into the ground that you have to kind of shake them and say, hey, what are you doing? And then they say, oh, you're being harsh. Well, you need that right now because you're on a kamikaze mission to destroy your life. You see, so nah, man, I don't I don't I don't really necessarily want to exert my energy talking to hard headed people. Again, which is why I stopped taking phone calls. Now, I didn't say that at the time. If any of you go back to those those shows, when I stopped taking the calls, I didn't say that. I said, yeah, we're just going to try something a little different. I didn't tell you why I was doing that. But I can tell you now, I knew I wasn't going to take any calls again. I can tell you now, I was tired of people's hard-headedness and their disrespect and their rudeness. I was sick of it. And you got sometimes, you have people who don't mind making a scene publicly. They don't mind getting on on the phone with you and it could be a smooth show. Everything's going good. Everybody's learning. And they'll they'll aggressively persist in being disrespectful because they like making scenes. So you have a couple of ways that you can go with that. You can make a scene with them or you can shut them down. You know, my thing is I'm going to shut you down. Now, sometimes in shutting you down, that makes a scene. You get the attention, but not the attention that you were looking for. You see, so. 
that's why that got that got closed down. But you know, I just want you all to know, I'm not here trying to be scary. I, I wish I I wasn't as scary. <laughs> you know, I, I I wish, like I said, I wanted to be initiated to Oshun. I told that story. It just was not. It's just not my energy, man. You know, it's just not my Shrek is not going to turn around tomorrow and be Bambi. You know, it is what it is, man. So, you know, Chief Shrek, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's get on to the to the subject. And of course, as always, any questions you want to throw into um, the chat room or whatever, just feel free to any comments. And the phone line was still up for now until I shut it down. Uh, 515-605-9862. All right. Now, anyway, so we've been speaking about uh, spiritual authority, right, and different ways that we tap into our, our spiritual authority and what spiritual authority is, per se. And um, like I said, I, I know by title it sounds very boring, man, but this is some <laughs> it's some exciting stuff if you don't know it. All right. This is exciting stuff because we're talking about what, you know, the the actual component that really ties the majority of this together. And when I say this, what I'm referring to is your journey. You know, this is the thing that ties the journey together, you know, and this is all about a journey. Trust me, this is all about movement and journey. It's not about sitting somewhere and just thinking about what you're thinking about which a lot of times people like to call that meditation. It's not about, it's not about stillness per se, you know, it's about movement and journey and flexibility and, and openness and, and having that ability to um, embrace the, the spontaneous. And, you know, sometimes through our desires to control the journey to a degree where um we're trying to to remove any possibility of anything unpleasant occurring in our lives. We end up shutting down what the journey is supposed to be. But let's get to the to the authority aspect a little bit. You know, a lot of times we don't understand sometimes how you know. I spoke about this. I think it was Friday show or thirty Thursday. I think it was Friday show. I spoke about the idea and the concept of hexes and and the concepts of of curses and 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 things like that. Um, you know, so the piece that when we really think about um, in terms of curses or we speak about hexes in that sense, a lot of times we don't understand that, you know, what those words really mean, what they really mean to have a generational curse or to have a family curse. You know, it's just like when, when sometimes we're told about different diseases and we'll say, well, you know, diabetes runs in my family, you know, and we'll start to think that, well, diabetes is. Is a disease. It's a hereditary, or I'm mean, excuse me, um, a hereditary disease. Not understanding that. Well, you know, sometimes we inherit certain eating patterns from our our family. You know, lots of starches, lots lots of sweets. You know, maybe things that make us a little bit more obese. So our insulin production is a little off. The, you know, the way we absorb things. You know, so sometimes it's, it's the actual doing that causes the greatest curse and hex. If you look at the, the Hindu or, or, the, or even the, the Buddhist idea of karma, right? The word karma itself essentially means action or it means to do, you know? So sometimes we put this mystical idea on karma when, when something bad happens we'll, and, and someone will say, well, that's your karma. We'll look at it and we'll say, okay, well, man, my, my father must've done something. And, 
you know, I know my mother, she, she did this. She slept with a pastor and, and my father stole money out of an orphanage and, you know, and now I'm paying for the sins of the father. Or I'm paying for the sins of the mother. You know, this is my karma. Right. Um, or maybe I did something, you know, maybe I, I stole or I lied or I cheated or, you know, but if we again can, can take the mystical from it for just for a moment, sometimes it's good to sober. Sometimes it's good to approach things with a certain sobriety. If we can take that off for just a moment and say, okay, well, karma is action. So if I get into a car accident or, or a tree falls on my home, you know, or I'm burglarized or fired from my job and someone says, well, that's your karma. If I can replace the word karma and say, well, that's your actions. You see, that is your doing. And it is your doing that brought this about. So this is your handiwork. You see, remove the mysticism from it for a second. And then and in that, we gain a greater sense of ownership over the things that actually happen in our lives. You see, now that's the control. It's the control between the automatic and the manual, <laughs> in a sense. It's a, it's a control between the automatic and the manual, you see. So just like when we do certain things in life, we have certain automatic functions, like, you know, breathing. Uh, uh, if you put a piece of food to a baby's mouth, it, it knows to chew it, you know. It knows to put it in its mouth and, and to chew it, and it won't just choke on it. You know, um, certain things that we do, our heart beating, you know, we could just go through it. But, you know, we have a natural bio um, automatic system that functions within us. And then outside of that, of course, we have certain things that we do that are, um, you know, compulsory. You know, we, we do them by our own compulsion. We do them by our, by our own thought, our own desire or by our own intention. And our world becomes a combination or a fluctuation between that which is done automatically and that is that which is done uh, through compulsion, you see. And each one, each side of those things makes up the science of what our, our karmic value is. Very, very similar to how you have yin and yang, right? And within the yin and yang structure, you have, you have your dark aspect or, or what loses, and then you have the light aspect that which wins or that which gains. So in order to have loss, there must be a, a winning. In order to have a winning, there must be a loss. And the two and two work hand in hand together. And sometimes we lean too long or too hard on one side and we try to ignore the other side, you see. And this creates a karma that now almost comes to us as a, as a surprise later on. Where did this come from? How did this happen? This, that, that, that. Without realizing this is all you're doing. It's all a, a product of your automatic and your manual functioning, right? So that's a form of exercising of our own authority, exercising of our own spiritual authority when we come to the realization of that, when we finally come into a space when we're willing and ready to own that, that reality, to own that idea, okay, this is my action, this is my doing. So let me obviously make better causes in my life. Let me obviously make more intelligent actions, more intelligent doings, and see how much I can monitor the automatic and offset or counterbalance what I'm doing automatically with something that helps the automatic to create better effects for myself. Now, there's so many different things. Well, not so many things. There's a few things. <laughs> Let me not try to make it make it seem um, 
overwhelming in that sense. But there's a few things that go into um, what we would, what we would consider to be our spiritual authority or our ability to wield our spiritual authority. If you if you look at the slideshow that that goes by, there's a slide that I made that just passed. It'll come back again. When it comes back again, I'll, I'll let you all know it's on the screen. But um, there's several things that go into the development of our authority or more so our, our wielding and our being able to use our authority. And so often, uh, I know that many of you may be sick of hearing this, but I've mentioned that uh, the family is the highest scientific structure. Okay. Uh, and I think I, I pulled up a show recently. Someone was asking some questions of me uh, in terms of, uh, I think it was religion. This is off, off, offline, we could say. And I was like, well, I, you know, I actually did a show about that. And it caused me to go back and look. And I said, I can't remember the title of the show, but I'll find it and I'll send you the link. And it was the show that I did on, I think it was, I think it was title. I forgot title already. Look at that. That's bad. This was like two days ago. But I think it was, what is religion? You know, and I sent the person to two shows, why pray and what is religion? And, um, you know, of course, when I pulled it up, I listened to a couple of seconds of it to make sure it was the one I wanted. And, and I, in the beginning of that particular segment, I was providing a disclaimer because those were some of the earlier shows and, um, I think people are a little bit more used to me now, but uh, in some of the earlier shows, I was getting flooded with a lot of emails as to basically who I was, you know, like um, what did I stand for? You know, people were hearing me share a lot of information as it pertained to Orisha and Ifa and, but at the same time, information outside of that and this and that. And, and I was getting a lot of emails at that time, like, um, you know, are you a priest? What kind of priest are you? You seem like a Babalao, but this, that, that, but you, you, you have a name that seems more comedic, you know, this, that, that, what, what the heck are you, <laughs> you know? And of course, sometimes certain questions hold no, no true and real value. So as teachers, you have to learn how to intelligently redirect the question into a place of, of real value for the person questioning you. Um, so if you listen to a couple of those early shows, you hear me probably for at least seven or eight shows giving, you know, here and there, but giving disclaimers, answering certain questions publicly that were coming in a lot. Like some of the shows you hear me say, I have no loyalty to any system. Yeah. You know, I used to have to say that a lot in the beginning, you know, cause people would hear me quote or share, share mythology or share science from so many different systems. Um, there were people who did know me in the Orisha and Ifa community who were asking if I basically disavowed myself from those communities. So, you know, I had to, I would explain like, no, I'm, I was never loyal to anything, <laughs> you know, in that sense, I'm loyal. I'm loyal to my growth path. That's it. And that's what I teach my students. No, you, you gotta stay with me, you know, and you heard a lot of that in the beginning, but in this particular segment, I was saying that, I really don't have a religion. If if there if there were anything that I would claim as a religion, I said in the show it would be truth and my family. I would consider my family to be my religion. If there's anything that I would say is a religion, you know. So it kind of struck me, you know, for a moment. You know, I'm going back obviously because I, mean, I did that. I might have did that show like four or five years ago, 
But, you know, and I said, oh, okay, hmm, interesting. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes you hear hear things back that you've said and, you know, it's like massaging your body. It's like massaging your own hand, you know, or giving yourself a foot massage, you know, so you begin to contact yourself with yourself and that's a form of karma. That's a form of action. That's a form of tapping into the yin and yang of karma, you know, the dark and the light when you can kind of fold back in on yourself and service yourself in a certain way. So me going back and hearing that just for a moment, it was only a couple of seconds. Cause like I said, I was sending the links to someone else uh, who was very curious about religion and things like that. And, you know, to avoid me having that conversation, you know, I don't like to repeat myself. And I'm like, man, I did a show on it already. You're going to get the link. We're not going to do an impromptu lecture. <laughs> so work with that link and then maybe we can come back and talk about what you learned. But um, the idea there, again, so we're looking at what happens in order and what happens through the family structure and why that secures authority, right? Because remember, what we're talking about in this segment, we're talking about spiritual authority, right? So, of course, it's it's related. Though it may seem uh, very unrelated, in a sense, um, the idea of family <laughs> or even viewing your family as a religion or your relationships as a religion, you know, coming from religare, meaning to, to bind back or to hold back. Religare also means to read again, to reread. You know, reading is very important when you learn about sciences uh, such as in Islam, when, when you learn about the, the, the book of life in Islam, you know, where the souls are written there and the destination and the paths and, and things like that. So you understand that the rereading of, of such is, is key. You start to understand that um, the rereading of something allows the movement of change of destiny. Let me read this again. It is changed. This is change. This, you know, it's, it's the free will decision making that comes in. It's a good movie that came out years ago that actually was about this. They didn't, they never said it in the movie, but you know, you got to kind of, <laughs> you put two and two together in that sense. And it was with Matt Damon and Anthony Mackie. It was uh, the adjustment bureau it came out some years ago. I don't remember when, but it was a while ago, but the adjustment bureau, Anthony, Matt, Mac, Anthony Mackie and Matt Damon. All right. I, you know, if you want to get more information on what that, you know, how, just just to get a, a different perspective, you know, a more cinematic perspective. Sometimes that helps. You know, you could check out that that flick probably on YouTube for free by now because it's an older movie. But um, so the family structure again. We, let's go to that for a second. Um, the family structure, as it represents itself uh, in terms of what we're speaking about, provides a pathway of order. Okay, because always understand that you know. Order comes from chaos. You know, I, I, I saw something recently where it was kind of a graphic and in the graphic, it had two arrows pointing in opposite directions. And one arrow said chaos on it. And the other arrow said order on it. And I looked at it and I said, no, nah, I ain't right. <laughs> you know, that's off. Chaos and order don't pull away from each other. They don't fight each other. Um, they work cyclically. Chaos always moves towards order, you know, so um, and order can move in, in inward towards chaos even at times, you know, for the purpose of creating further order. You know, ultimately, your destination is going to be order as long as you're working on the earth plane. Now, whether it's a three step movement towards order, order, chaos, order, 
or um, chaos to order, but it's always going towards order. Uh, and a very simple way you could look at it like this: um, woman, woman begats man. Woman begats man, um, and man going into woman begats child. Okay, so um, in that sense, you know, it's always going. The child represents order as well. You know, organizing or ordering the energy that came prior to it. You see, so it, it's it always kind of moves in that direction. Now, your your um, uh, what's the I want to say your, your junction. There we go. Your junction point, kind of like a train station, is always going to be that woman's order. The woman is like a recycling center. Put something in her. She brings it back out on the other side, the same product, but, you know, reformed and, and, and reappropriated into, a, into something else, a different purpose, a different movement. That's why your children may have a different life purpose than you do, but they're still, they're still you, but repurposed. You know, it's the woman who kind of does that work in that in that sense. But um, okay, so we look at the order of things. Going back to that again, right? Uh, and looking at the order of things, one of the first things that that you will spot and you'll notice is that, uh, especially in terms of when I am teaching you all and I'm sharing information, you'll often hear me speak about you know, the different roles that we all play on the planet. And of course, the different roles that we all play in a family, which, you know, within this society is, you know, there's a, there's a movement to stomp that out. You stomp that out, you stomp out the authority of every member of that family. You know, it's like (laughs) when you have a child or sometimes I hate to say a child, but even sometimes an adult, which I don't think this is right, but people do it. And it's like, you ain't going to get this to yak right. (laughs) You know, so you act like a certain thing, and then you can receive the privileges of that thing. You see, you act like uh, a man, you receive the privileges of a man. Or act like a woman, receive the privileges of a woman. Act like a child, receive the privileges of a child, right? You, you get it, right? Um, and, and to give you also, I meant to say this earlier, to give you better example as well with that movement from chaos to order, if we look at even the word man, memph alf noon, you know, being its originator, uh, Memph Alf Noon. Memph is, is is woman. Alf is man, and Noon is child. So you see the movement right there again. You know, um, to chaos, to order, to final order. You know, so it's kind of going from coarse to fine to finer, in in a sense. You know, when you're looking at it like that, just looking at the the um, the word man. You know, which which encapsulates when you say man, you're not just talking about a male, you, you're talking about the entire familial structure when you use that word, man. But um, so again, when we look at the order of things, right, what, what allows for a certain authority or a certain power to be channeled through a family unit? Well, the first thing is everyone has to be in alignment. See, alignment is where it comes from. And think about it in the basic sense. And the reason why I always bring you guys back down to a gross basic. And when I say a gross basic, a physical or a tangible basic of thinking or a tangible basic of understanding is because there's a segment that I did a while ago where I said life is the magic ritual. I wasn't saying that to be cute. In fact, I said it on the segment and as it came out of my mouth, I said, huh, that's a nice show title. But I was just in the middle of teaching during that segment. I just said sometimes I, I named the segments after 
I actually do them because I may say something during it and it takes me in a direction because I'm flowing, you know, I'm letting the spirit come through me. So stuff's going to come through me and, and my mouth is closer to my ears than it is for you guys. So I'll hear it and say, oh, okay, thank you for that. You know, so, but it's true. Life is the magic ritual, right? Um, sometimes you know things that when you do work like this, when you're teaching and you're doing workshops and stuff and you get to say what you know, uh, it becomes healing and therapeutic for yourself. That's again, going back to the idea of, like I said earlier, it's like you massaging your own hand. You know, I have the gift of massage, but I maybe have not been able to experience my own gift until I apply it to myself in that sense. You may have the gift of healing, but you don't really get to experience it until you apply it to yourself. Okay, there's a deep science in that. There's a really deep science in that. And 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 that's why it's important to share and to um, require that sharing or, or that healing vibration amongst those whom you are sharing with. You know, and truly and honestly, uh, we don't do that enough sometimes as uh, instructors because sometimes we're too we're too based around or, or too um, set on trying to build uh, organizations, you know, and, you know, I always speak against organizations. You all know I'm not really with the organizational thing. A lot of times people will build organizations because they need an environment to solidify and to validate whatever it is that they're teaching. So they can get enough people with pom-poms in the air saying, yeah, 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 that's right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm feeling that. <laughs> then then they can now establish a subscription amongst those people. And um, once they establish a subscription, that's how they, you know, through financial subscription, they can keep the organization alive, you know, um, to each their own. You know, I'm not necessarily speaking against people who do that, but I'm not into that. That's not what this is. Like I said, this is, this is a classroom. All right. You, you sitting inside of a classroom. All right. It's just real comfortable because you're in your own space in your classroom. But um, this is a healing work. You see, now the job of a real healer is to put him or herself out of business. You see, that, that's that's what you're supposed to be doing. Now, if, if you're a, a cleric or a priest, a lot of times your job is to build up um, a grouping of people. So you're not necessarily not always. I'm not I'm not getting down on all priests or clerics or anything like that, but you may not necessarily build up a thought and idea that will cause you to be obsolete. Because ultimately what you're trying to do is is keep people around you. You're trying to keep yourself encircled by people so it validates your teachings. You see, whereas the the, the healer or or the physician, you know, will say, "No, you're healed. Now get out of here." You know, I'm going. I'm on it. I want to go back to the golf course. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to go back to the gym and do whatever I was doing. Now you're healed. Keep it moving. You know, so um, sometimes it's just different intentions, different movements in terms of what we're doing. You know, but like I said, with the family piece, I know so many people may be tired of hearing that in a sense and, and tired of hey, he's bringing up family again because, again, it's the highest science. You know, so what you have here is alignment and order when you have a real family. And if you look within disempowered communities, one of the first things you'll see is that everybody's out of order. That's the key. If you keep everybody, everyone out of order, then even a family as a unit can't get what it's supposed to get, even though everyone's there. You know, and what I mean by that is sometimes you see people who 
they have the mother, woman, child, or whatever, and and or they'll they'll cite their grandparents, great grandparents. They've been together forever, and this and that and that, you know. But and then I always say when people bring that up to me, I I always say, yeah, but are they conscious? Because it's not just enough just to be with each other. Are they actually conscious? You know, are they aware? Are are they um, in alignment with their divine purpose? Or are they just all living in a house together? Because that's not that hard. (laughs) You know, that's not that difficult. You can figure out how to live um, with one another, just like you you can figure out very easily how to talk to people. But you may not necessarily know how to talk with people. And that's another huge phenomenon that we maintain to keep ourselves disempowered. We don't know how to be with people. Sometimes we don't know how to be with ourselves. You know, we can say, oh, I'm all alone. I'm by myself. You're sitting by yourself. Well, I can go to a park bench and go sit by a stranger. That's very easy to do. But do I ever say I'm at home with myself, spending time with myself? Going to dinner with myself, going to a movie with myself, sitting on a park bench bench with a stranger, of course, because now they no longer be a stranger. You see, so sometimes it's very it's very small and fine lines in a sense that we utilize to keep ourselves disempowered, keep ourselves locked down in a sense, right? And um, of course, the work that we do is as spiritualists and and the work that we do as priests and priestesses, we're we're really trying to bring ourselves into alignment. And of course, anyone that we're teaching, you know, we're we're trying to bring them back into a place or a state of alignment because it is through the alignment that the power can flow. You know, imagine trying to run uh, water down a pipe that's cut into three pieces and the pieces are not connecting with one another. So what happens? You know, it can't flow. So you, when you turn the faucet, which is your authority, picture the water as the power, the faucet is the authority. Now, the water is already in the tank. The power is there. It's already sitting there waiting for you. But you have to align yourself in a way so that way when you exercise your authority, I turn the, the, the spigot, I turn the faucet, the power flows through. Now, sometimes we are so bent on logistically going through the movements of things that we don't realize that we're not in alignment with what we're doing. Like I said, logistically, we can live together. We here, right? I'm here, right? <laughs> you know, If I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't be here. So we, we're going through the logistics, but we're not necessarily um, in alignment with what being here means. You see, so you may have a child in your house, but your child doesn't really act like your child. You see, your child doesn't really hold down what the child's supposed to hold down. You may have a male in your house, but the male's not holding down the man's role or the covers, the coverings role in that household, you see. And when that begins to happen, what happens is that now the family is out of alignment. So now the family doesn't have access to power. Without access to power, then we can't manifest the greatest realities in our lives. We start to manifest things from an unconscious place or strictly from a lost place or from a young place, you see, because we're staying in that place of, of, of power unconfirmed or power disorganized, you see, in that sense. And then we'll look at our lives and say, oh, 
um, we must be hexed. Somebody must have put a family curse on us. It's not that. Because you're not acting and doing in your proper role and proper place, you're now creating bad causes for yourself. Or as we say, bad karma. You're creating bad karma because no one is functioning within their proper place. Now, I'm going to let me let me see if I could do this real quick. I'm going to try to pull up the slide that I was talking about. And I saw a question in the chat. Wazim says, curious, could you clarify for me more about family? Is family affected by where you are in consciousness? That is, can you break down family at various points in consciousness, if that makes sense? Mm, yes and no, because points of consciousness are relative. So you would have to give examples of the of different points that you're speaking about, because that's that's so relative that <laughs> there could be a million points inside of one circle. So which point, you know, um, as a clarifier for what a family is, I mean, I've been there's a lot of shows and stuff on that science of what a family actually is. So I'll, I'll come back to that. I'm going to I'm I'm show one of the slides and then we'll explain a little bit more. We're going to get into it, but you can, as, as I'm doing that, why don't you give me some, you know, type up some, some examples so I can answer your question more intelligently. Uh Oh, I hope you can all still hear me. I got a little problem here on my end. All right. I'm going to keep talking, but, uh, I just, I just had a little problem. All right. I'm going to take a call real quick and then I'll come back. All right, eight six four, you're on the air. Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? I'm good today, brother. How you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, you know, uh that that's that that um oh I'm I'm Equine, by the way. I'm calling from South Carolina. All right. And um that question that was just posed is a very important question. And it is, um, as we analyze and observe, and even with what you just said, um, how our family structure, the collective um, value system that we have in place, mm-hmm. the morals, the things that, that reflects the consciousness um, of not only the individuals in that family, but also the collective of those that are practicing family, uh, mirroring each other. And what we see now a lot of times is a, a degradative side of family. How can we say this? Um, I'm not saying that all families are mucked up, but even with us having a divorce rate of 70% as black people that lets us know that, hey, that our family structure system isn't working too well when we got um, a lot of dynamics in which mother is over here and father is over there. And as we're talking about consciousness, because we're looking at family is one of the most important tools of survival in life, period, to any animal, to any animal. And we look at culture, from what I've studied, the implementation of culture, rituals, things of that nature, even when as we uh, celebrate holidays, quote-unquote. Um, we would want to celebrate holidays that reflect, in my, in, in my humble opinion, 
that that should reflect our well-being. You understand? It seems like today we we uh, celebrate a lot of holidays that don't really reflect our well-being. We as a black people, we still, you know, are in those damaged, broken families, broken communities, i.e. broken society, broken social order. We have to see ourselves getting killed, uh, that be man, woman, and child by the hands of uh, police. Uh, you understand? So I, I, I do see there being a damage in consciousness being uh, a, a main instrument to be able to allow us to circumnavigate, to navigate um, this this thing effectively and get us out you know, out of the situations that are plaguing us in our family, you know. But that was a good question, brother. That was a, a great question. Which question are you referring to, brother? Uh, I think you said that was a that was a, uh, a question in the chat. Somebody asked you about um, about how important was consciousness uh, to the family structure or to family. No, they had asked, can can you def- can you explain? Um, I'll, I'll read it because you they asked to clarify more about family, and they said is family uh-huh. affected by where you are in consciousness, and what they were saying that is can you break down family at various points in consciousness? Yeah, and and and, and I think you can because even you know because I'll just take the Bloods and the Crips, those are gangs, you know, but they are families. You understand? But they do um, reflect a certain level of consciousness. You do have to have a level of consciousness to even participate in organized crime. You understand? But we're talking about utilizing your consciousness for uh, the vitality of your family structure. But we would have to have an identity of who we were, what the family were, and that, you know, what the family was. And that goes back again to consciousness. We would have to have a healthy, Conscious, but today, brother, I don't see us having uh, um, healthy consciousness about you know us even uh, being uh, aware on our bodies. A lot of our people don't even know about our bodies. We don't know what to eat. We don't know the things that harm and damage the body. You know, this is we know more about football teams. We know more about uh, Rihanna's or Jay Z's last album then we know about our, our bodies and, you know, our chemical makeup and things of that nature. A lot of people don't know these things. Um, so consciousness does, um, and your level of consciousness does play a role in how you are being able to carry out family, you understand, or being able to participate in family because you got some people that, you know, are uh, quote-unquote crackheads that might come into and I'm not beating up on the crackheads, but somebody that might be looking to steal something from another family member. You understand? And if you have that type of dynamic in family, of course, you understand that there has to be a level of consciousness because that person is, they know very well what they're doing. They're aware that they're going in to steal that, to go take it back for drugs. But it's just the dynamics in which, you know, the levels or the degrees in the consciousness is not really reflecting the higher side or vitality inside the family structure from what I'm seeing, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one way to look at it. It's definitely one way to look at it. Um, I think it's important whenever we're speaking about family, though, that we start with a 
proper qualifier because we live within a society where certain words are thrown around uh, without true qualification. So you can have um, anything that you slap together. You can have a, a person living in an apartment with 10 dogs and they say, this is my family. And within a society where you're devoid of, um, of natural, natural inclination or, or you, you're devoid of a natural way of being, then the stamp of certain things can be put across anything. You know, so we might take a gang and we say, well, that's a family. It's not. That's a crew. That's, that's, that's not a, a family, per se, in any sense of the word. And sometimes we begin to dilute a higher wisdom or a higher intellect by doing things like that. So, you know, I think there's, there's different perspectives and different ways to look at it. Um, our ancestors and I have, our, have told us and taught us what family is. You know, and a deviation from that is fine, but it's okay to call it something. <laughs> it's okay to call it something else, too. You know, to say, okay, well, that's, that's not necessarily family. That's this. Now, you know, that's that over there. It's okay to be that or to do that. But in order to tap into the paradigm, whether it be a spiritual paradigm or the power paradigm or the righteous paradigm of what our ancestors gave us as family, then this is the model that we nucleically that we build from and we build off of, you know. So I think sometimes it becomes a very slippery slope. It can be very tricky in that sense, you know, when, you, when you're building on concepts such as that, because um, we live in a society where everything is supposed to be accepted as a certain thing. But sometimes by distorting the formula, we create all kind of madness and sickness just by playing with the formula a little bit too much. You know, we, we create genetically modified um, cultures, you know, in a way where now it becomes poisonous. What, what was once healthy, you know, so even the concept of family was given to us in order to ensure our longevity, to ensure our health, to give us all a, a, a sheltering from a harsh environment. But because sometimes we allow some of these concepts or ideas to be to be trampled upon or to be perverted now for many people, their family is, is their most poisonous environment. It's the worst place that they could be. You know, the majority of the pain or, or the suffering that they've felt in their life has come through that vehicle of family because of that perversion. You know, and then we get to the point, sometimes we go so far from the naturalness of things, we don't even know how to get our way back. We don't even know how to find our way back there. You know, so it's definitely different ways to to kind of approach that one. You know, but um, like I said, I still say for the you know brother, for me personally, you know, and thank you for for sharing your perspective. Absolutely, um, I would still say give me some qualifiers on that question, um, because different levels of consciousness, it's it's very subjective. When we say higher, we say lower. We say left, or we we say to the right. Consciousness and whose consciousness within that. Who's conscious within that family structure? Is it one person? Is the entire family? And, you know, as I've often said, everyone's conscious technically anyway. You know, um, experiencing and being aware of the phenomenon that we call life, it's just awareness, you know, being conscious that life is is unfolding, is, is going through something. So, you know, we all have that. Ants have that. <laughs> you know, bees have that. Every Everything is, is aware that life is unfolding. Essentially, that is what consciousness is, you know, um, and then there's various degrees that we can articulate that unfolding, 
Now, those who can articulate it at a really high level, those are the ones we say, oh, man, that brother's conscious, man. Oh, that sister's conscious. They deep. But it's just really they just have a higher degree of, of articulation. And so they can explain things in a way that uh, we may feel or we may, you know, uh, intimate, but not necessarily be able to gesticulate in the same way or, you know, articulate in the same way. But yeah, man, but give thanks. You know, we always, varied perspectives are always healthy. And bro- brother, if I, mm-hmm. if I can add on right quick. Sure. Hello? Yeah, yeah I, I just, um, you, you know, even inside consciousness, um, because I, I have oftentimes dealt with the term consciousness, um, being in the conscious community. And mm-hmm. as we see with dealing with this term and dealing with the proper usage of the term, we are seeing that this thing is supposed to take you to a place of your essence of who you naturally are, a place of your ancestors, not following the paths and the structural system of somebody else's ancestors. Therefore, this is the path to your self-mastery, knowing yourself, you understand? And this is the part that I haven't, you know, you may see somebody deal with food, they're health conscious, they may be dealing with military over here, their arms or defense conscious, and but then they may not be conscious to another thing. I think being well-rounded, um, 360 degrees, hell, even 720 degrees, is just being more conscious, you understand, being more aware because the more that we know, that's the more that we realize that we don't know. You know, so well, we are I, working on, you know, improving who we are, but, you know, that's why I'm saying it, it, it goes down to, in my humble opinion, the self-mastery. Yeah. But that's why ultimately you find that it's, it's relative because, mm-hmm. because of that very same thing that you just mentioned. The more you know, the more you know, the more you don't know, because the more you know, the universe expands itself to accommodate right. more of what you not know. So, right. so you, you playing a, it's like, you know, you're chasing a carrot. You're never going to catch up. You know, and right. it doesn't mean that people just stop learning. You know, I'm I'm not saying I'm not promoting fatalism in that sense, but you'll find that oftentimes it's not so much about expansion, but it's about inward inward explanation. You know, you 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 can or exploration, excuse me. You could take one thing, you know, you could take iron, just study iron. You could take um farming, study farming, right. drumming. Right. You know, take one thing. And you start to understand how the fractals of the universe work. So one thing is always going to be a microcosmic representation of all things. So you don't necessarily have to go learn all things, but you should give your full attention to the one thing and it will teach you about all things. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Give thanks, brother. We definitely appreciate, you know, your your input. All right. Thank you, brother. For sure. Peace. Please. All right, cool. All right, yeah. So the brother gave us some more. Uh, uh, let's see what, what we call it. I wanted to say arrows, different arrows pointing in different directions, uh, still circling around to the same path. Sometimes certain paths may feel more attractive to you. You may say, "Well, we all going the same way," but I, I want to walk over here on the moss. This feels better on my feet. Another one say, "Well, I'm gonna walk straight through the stream." 
Well, we're going in the same way. <laughs> we're going in the same direction, just different different ways to to get there. A lot of times, you know. But um, yeah. So so ultimately, like I said, we've been speaking here about family and um, not not necessarily just family, but speaking about spiritual authority and and how spiritual authority um is circulated and moves through a familial paradigm and 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 what that truly means and you know one of the things that we spoke about earlier was the idea of alignment the idea of coming into alignment and what that what that means and what that represents in terms of um our ability to command and delegate our authority in order to tap into the flow of power you see so I think the example that I had used was, you know, if you had a pipe leading to a spigot, that pipe was cut into three pieces. And let's just call those three pieces um, father, son, child, or, or father, father, mother, child, right? And it, when they're in alignment with one another, then energy, ashe, power, moyo, chi, life force is able to flow through that particular piping, through that tubing. But when everyone's out of alignment, no one necessarily knows where they should be situated or how they should interconnect with one another or which one should go where. Because let's say that the pipes are of different sizes, so you can't necessarily just arbitrarily fit one into the other. There has to be an exact order that they have to be put in in order for them to be interconnected. You see, and when that order is not followed, when that alignment is not followed, you could be turning the spigot or you could turn the faucet. As much as you want, you could be attempting to delegate power all you want, but you're missing the other formula of alignment that has to go along with the delegation of the power. See, a lot of times, especially in our spiritual work, we spend a lot of time delegating without aligning. You see, so uh, especially when we get into certain spiritual systems where ritual is the call, you know, we want to learn about what candle to light and you know, what, what oil to use and what sound to use and what dance to do. And that's all, you know, that's the ritual. That's the turning the spigot. But then, you know, when we're asked questions or you might call into a show like this and, you know, you're asked certain questions about your character. Is your spiritual character in alignment with your soul inclination? And then we start stuttering. Well, you know, I didn't wear the dumb. Well, then you may have some trouble delegating the amount of power that you want. Now, technically, if you have three pipes laying on the ground and not fastened properly, right, and you turn the spigot, some water may come through the other side, right? Some water may come through. Just like you can have pipes leading to your home right now or leading away from your home that are rusted and have holes in them, can have roots inside of them in the ground. So what happens? A lot of the, the water is lost. So you're turning the spigot in your home and you're not getting the full thrust of water pressure that you should because you have holes, you have leaks. So the same thing could happen within a family. You know, you may still be able to function to some degree. You may still be able to pull and extract um, some degree of power from your external environment. But without that true alignment, you're not getting the full thrust of what that family is supposed to represent within the communal setting. The family is not able to really express its full character in the community, you know, so therefore it can't it can't really swing its authority in the, in the community. You know, for instance, I've said so often that uh, each family within a community represents a factory. You know, it represents a character or, or a point within a communal setting 
or within a communal environment. Each family does that. You see, so what that means is you may go to one person's house. Well, this is the family of the blacksmiths. This is the family of the agriculturalists. This is this family of the psychologists. This is the family of those who, the alafin, or those who resurrect law, who understand the, you know, the maotic structure of things. You know, each family and each household represents a particular vibration, okay? Now, that's why a lot of times when you're dealing with, um, uh, even in, in Yoruba studies, you'll find that, and I'm going to pause on this frame right here. Let me go back to this frame here. This is the one I want to pause on, okay? If you all can see that frame, right? That's something I made a little earlier. Um, you'll find that in your structure, there may be certain energies, certain spirits that are the patron of certain families. So it gives you that idea immediately. Okay. Even with a, a whole group of families, you know, or a whole group of people within a family structure has the possibility of representing one unified character. Well, how do we do that? That means everyone has to be interlocked and aligned. Well, how does everyone get interlocked? Well, we all got to know our role. We are, we all have to know our character within the family structure, and then, and then that becomes a microcosmic representation of the family's character within the communal structure. And then the communal structure becomes a, a representation of what this community represents to the country, and then maybe what that country represents in a global sense. It just builds out and builds out and builds out and builds out. And then, of course, until you extend off of the earth, you know, what do we, rep- what do we represent to the cosmos? What do we represent to the to the underworld, to the overworld? You see, but it, it all starts by aligning yourself from your smallest points first. So as you see, like in in a little chart, for those of you on Block Talk, you can't see a chart, but essentially, I just have three umbrellas, right? And or one one big umbrella attached to one stem, and then there's two smaller umbrellas over it. The first umbrella is me. What is me? Me is divine breath. Okay, so you find that that example or that idea of ME in so many different places. When you have ME, that's when you receive your portion from your creator. You know, in in our system, we make we may say Olodumare, or we may say Chi, you know, or we may say even the Kra, the Kra being that 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 soul, right? You know, when you're dealing with the Akan structure. But either way, it's that portion that says now I am I, I have negated myself to become more of myself, but I am still of the same substance. I am still of that same author or creator line. You know, when we say authority, remember, it it connects you to author. So I am still the author, and now I'm connected to the value of the author. I have my copyright, (laughs) essentially. This is your copyright now. You know, I have have a, a copyright to this original work. You see, this is why we can call ourselves original when we know that we have a soul, we are coming from that soul destination or that soul essence. So now you've given me my copyright by blowing the breath of life into my nostrils. Okay. Now, boom, going forward, anything I create from that place will also have the breath of life. Like for instance, as I'm speaking right now and you're listening, I'm giving you the breath of life because everything I'm saying is coming as a reflection of my cry or a reflection of my ori or a reflection, reflection of my soul. So as I'm giving this information, I'm taking that same essence and that same endless material. I'm not going to run out, so it's fine. <laughs> There's a lot of it. It's not going to run out. You know, uh, It's like you can have as many children as you want. Each child represents a negation of you. You take away from yourself 
you know, think about it in a basic, basic biological sense, you know, you ejaculate. It's a lot of, there's a lot of energy and essence in your ejaculation, but you do that to create more of you, but you become tired and lethargic. I gotta go to sleep. Oh, I took away from myself. I made myself weaker in order to dispensate or, or to disperse my energy. You see, I made myself weaker to do that in that sense. So it's the same thing, but I'm sharing my copyright. You know, I'm, I'm sharing the royalties of my copyright going forward. So if you look at the example, you have the ME that's residing over all. Now, ME makes everything. Okay, everything is a, is a composite of ME. Now, we know that our forms and things are, are brought about through chi or through ashe or through moyo, you know, or through that divine substance that begins to fall down and, and condense into electromagnetic material where now we can push and pull into that duality of electromagnetics, right? And that's what we call IA, where we live now, the Earth's crust. It's, it's that land of condensation where that which had very high energy at one point now condenses itself into very low energy, but now exists with more power. You see, that's where we are now. High energy falls into lower energy, like an, like an inverted triangle or like a symbol of a vagina. You see, that inverted triangle, which you also see in the sacred Odu, Irete Mechi, Irete Meji, excuse me. So now, right underneath ME, you have the bondsman of the home, or what some people like to call a husband. But a husband and a bondsman are the same thing. Okay, you know, and you, you talking about the bondsman when I get locked up, I got to go, yep, same one. That's where it comes from, okay? But either way, I, I'm just using this terminology because this is what people will, it will, <laughs> a, a little bit quicker for some people. Personally, I don't use the terms wife or husband. You know, women in my life don't have to practice wifery. And I may be a bondsman depending on the nature of the relationship because a bondsman basically holds every, everything that, that he's a bondsman over is his property. Okay, now some women want to be property, some women don't. You, you determine how you want to establish the relationship. Some, you know, each one desires something different or is willing to fulfill something different. And, you know, of course, when we use terminology like that, people get a little weird. <laughs> but you all love that Fifty Shades of Grey, boy. You love that, that Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> but we're just not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> so you have the husband, right? And he receives his authority through ME. So that so when, when he's functioning as a husband. So this is not just for any guy to stand up and, and you know, get online in the store and cut the line, you know, because there's a bunch of women in the line. And he says, well, I don't see no other men, so I'm going to cut the line. Why are you cutting the line? Because I, I have authority from ME. No, this is, it doesn't work that way. Okay, are you the husband <laughs> to, to those women? Are you the bondsman? You know, have you received your portion and have now established a covering for those sisters? You see, that's the key. Now, we're talking about how everybody comes into alignment in order to channel, you see, that um, uh, power that we were talking about earlier. You see, in in order to channel that power. Now, so he now becomes the covering. Now, just two simple things that I, I he protects the family, he provides for the family. Okay, he, there's provisions there, so they come under his covering. Now, let me explain what that provide thing represents, because you know you got a lot of um, real raggedy, shysty females out here who 
basically want to retire on your back. When you say the word provide, it immediately, oh, I don't have to do anything. You're going to pay for everything. Me and my other four different children or whatever. No, it doesn't mean that you don't have to work. Everybody has to work. It means that I'm going to put you in a position to win. That's what it means. I'm going to put you in a position so that you can win. That's provision. Now, for some men, it may mean something different, but in most senses, even when you go back home, you go back to the continent, you see sisters who they farm, you know, their husband will get the farm and, but she'll work the farm. She'll get the seeds and everything. He'll set her up in business. He's going to put her in position so that she can win. She may want to open a provision store. You know, here we call it like a convenience store, but back home they call it a provision store. So, you know, he may buy her some stock, buy her some sodas and some flour and some rice and maybe get a couple of chickens so she'll have eggs that she could sell at the store and different things like that. And, you know, so she can pound fufu and, you know, things like that. And they can sell that out of the store. They may open a restaurant and, you know, but he becomes her initial investor. In that sense, you know, he, he invests in what it is that she wants to do so that way she can win. You see, it's not just she lays back and, be, and, and she's curated. She sits on a shelf somewhere just dainty and doesn't touch anything. And, and he goes out like a damn government mule breaking his back. So, you know, she can see I'm provided for. No, that's some American slavery stuff, man. Get that out of your mind. All right. So. You have that sense of that, that, again, that husband provides that covering. Now, here's where the, where the trick comes in. Let's say if the husband steps outside of the divine tenets and the doctrine that's handed to him by that divine overforce that we call ME. Now, you may call it Oludumare. You know, you may call it, you know, Ra. You may call it the, 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 the Neturu. You may call it so many different things, but when it backs up, backs up, backs up, backs up, backs up, it's going to be either some form of Einsof, Ein, Einsofer, or Emi. It's going to be that deeper, more Akashic activity because after the unknown, once it becomes known, it becomes more mutable than you might imagine. So your known deities or your known gods are, are more, um, they're, they're dynamic, but your understanding of them is ba- is based on your understanding of them, uh, if, if you can understand that, you know, so it's just like, um, here, I give you, a, I had an elder when I was younger. A lot of the things that you all see me do now as a man came as a result of the charge that this elder used to give me when I was very young. And I thought he was larger than life. I mean, I thought he, you know, there was nothing he couldn't do. He was big and strong. He was tough. You know, he was real smart. He was a musician. So he played his instrument really well. He, you know, uh, real pretty wife. Um, always had a brand new, it was back in the day, brand new Cadillac, you know, every two years, all, all that stuff. So this was the image that I thought I had to surpass as a child because he would always tell me different, you know, you need to do this and you need to do that. And you need, you're always telling me what I need to do. Um, but as I got older, I realized he wasn't, he wasn't about none of that. <laughs> and I had surpassed him maybe in my early 20s and didn't even know it because I still thought he was larger than life. So in my early 20s, when I bought my first house, you know, I'm doing all this work on the house, knocking down walls, running new gas lines and all of this. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm, this is when it, it, it came to me one day. He came by, he said, yeah, man, wow, you really... 
you really went in on this house, man. I, I've never done this much work. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, of course, yeah. He's like, nah, man, I don't know about no gas lines. I don't mess with no gas. You might blow yourself up. So all this time, I'm sitting here thinking he, you know, he was the alpha and omega, you know, and, and I mean, that, that's fine. That's healthy. But as time went on, because of the charge that he put on me, I ended up far superseding even where he was, which and he was happy for me. It's perfectly fine. No problem. So a lot of times we perceive our deities the same way. And then as we grow and we learn, we find, wait a minute, there's more than one deity. Nothing wrong with polytheism. Because you might get stuck in a certain place and you realize that there's a higher aspect or a higher energy of that particular deity or another deity that that deity is subservient to, that I need to tap into that next one. Just understand it from that sense. Now, the husband could step outside of that. You know, and start wanting to do something else or the husband's spirit could get distracted by the somatic experience of the world. So now the husband is not functioning as the husband. Remember, listen to the in the intro of Chief Speaks. There's a little soundbite clip where I say and I'm speaking real fast for some reason. I don't know why. Whatever show we was on, I was talking fast. But I said, um, once God begins to act like anything other than God, then the spiritual community no longer recognizes that God as God. So once the husband begins to act outside of that form and that alignment, then now the wife and the children say, we have no husband. Even though there may be a male in the house, we have no husband. If we have no husband, there's no pipe connecting to that spigot. We've cut ourselves from our lines of power. Even though we may still be going through the motions, there's no power. There's nothing coming out. There's no motion. There's, there's no power. So now we go under the, the husband. We have the woman. Right. We have we have the, the wife practicing wifery who's under the covering of an aligned husband. Now, here's something that we get a lot. Sisters will say I hear this all the time. I don't have a problem submitting to a man as long as he does what he's supposed to do. Well, you don't know what he's supposed to do because you're not up there with him. So you can't you know, that's that's an excuse not to submit. That's an excuse not to come out of the covering. That's tricky language. You see, you don't know what I'm supposed to do as a man. You're not in that positioning. Doesn't feel good. Well, that's just the way life is. Doesn't feel good to have to put all the all under my covering either all the time. Sometimes I want to relax and be irresponsible or live a life of fatalism and just destroy everything that I touch. But I'm not allowed to do that because I have people underneath my covering. So it's checks and balances. You know, life ain't fair. Life is just. So the thing is, in that sense, now you have a woman who comes underneath that covering of the husband, who comes underneath the covering of Emmy. You see, and once she comes underneath that covering, you see basic her responsibilities. And these are basic. Of course, it gets much deeper than this. But, you know, I literally made this 20 minutes before the show started. So. <laughs> So, you know, I was just moving real quick, but this base, so it, it gets deeper, you know, and the things that we've been speaking about cover it, you know, anytime you've heard me teach on a female archetype or male archetype, that right there tells you the responsibility of the husband or the wife. Anything you've heard me say about a male archetype, that's what men do. Anything you've heard me say about a female archetype, that's what women do. Real easy. Okay. And you can go on right down the list. So you tell me I'm supposed to be Lakshmi. And Oya, and Oba, and Nebahet, and Sekhmet, and and Pampagira. Yeah, 
show things, show enough. But you notice that a lot of their qualities begin to interlap with each other. You know, so it's not like you have to learn another 600 things to do because the qualities will interlap after a certain point. And it's the same thing with men. Am I supposed to be Ogun and Haru and uh, Shango and Ilegba and Dambala? And yeah, yep, you sure are. But don't worry, the same thing for the sisters. They begin to overlap after a while, you see. But the more you get back to your primal senses, the easier it gets. See, we overcomplicate things by functioning outside of alignment with our role because your primal senses are what? Primal, primary, foundational. Well, what happened at your foundation? You, the breath of life was blown, blown into you. You were given your foundational and primary instructions straight from your egun. Or, or straight from your higher power. Then you fell down into the land of condensation and you decided to, over, to, to overcomplicate stuff. That's all that happened. You got down here, you were told, well, you need to go to school and get a good education so you can have your own. You know, or as men, we were told, well, you need to learn how to wash and clean and, and cook and iron and all of that stuff. So that way, you know, you don't have to depend on a woman to do it. You can do those things for yourself. All them dumb lessons that a lot of us got, and I know you offended probably the fact that I just called them dumb. They were dumb. You got to understand, a lot of times we look back into history. You know, like it was so funny. Before I was doing this segment, I was looking for different images to use for a slideshow. And <laughs> I, was, I was pulling up all these old images of black families, like from the 40s and the 50s. And I said, what's the point of this? You know, we look at a lot of these pictures a lot of times. And we say, you see, back then, we were sharp. And the families were together. and this. But I'm looking at all these pictures and I'm laughing to myself and I'm saying, these black people, they wearing the same clothes and taking the same poses as at the time, they're Western oppressors. It's just an old black and white picture. That's the only, only difference is the old black and white picture. The, the, the dude got the same conk in his hair, same little corny, little tiny mustache, slithered, slithered mustache, Joe Jackson mustache. Same suit and tie on, and the woman and sister sitting there with the same perm in her hair, with with a pearl necklace. You know, I'm like, it's the same thing. It's just colored brown. You know, so sometimes we look back at things that those in the past have done, and we put this this level of mystique and reverence on it without realizing that they were just as confused, if not more. They were they were some of them were doing the best that they could, and some of them weren't. You know, just because something old doesn't mean it's right. You know, so um, when I was even looking at those images, like I said, I was kind of laughing to myself. I was like, yeah, this is the stuff we fall for. This is it right here. This is it right here. That brother sharp got a three piece suit on. Yeah, but what kind of suit is that? Did that did that suit really accentuate the beauty of his African form? With that sister hat on, did it did it accentuate the beauty of her African form? Did we want to even hear anything about African back then? Just old pictures in a frame. That's all. So, again, it's it's that alignment aspect that becomes so key. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to do in order for them to channel the power that they're supposed to channel. And when they don't, they're just going through the motions. It's like this. When I first started, I knew. Um, back then, it was Sons of Sankofa. And I changed 
Sons of Sankofa because Sons of Sankofa was an organization that I had. If you notice on my YouTube channel, it actually the, the URL is actually Sons of Sankofa, even though the the, the screen name is Chief Yuya, but because because I had that account for so long. But um, with that idea, I changed it because when I started Sons of Sankofa, it was you know it was all men, and well actually it was just me and another man. Let me let me keep it real. I grew it after that. You know, but it was me and another brother. And um, at the time, I think I had a radio. Yeah, I was doing a radio show out of City College um, at that time. And we were down in the Knack building. I mean, when you're familiar with City College, you know, the Knack building, that's the main building with the long ramp. You got to walk down. And we were in the lobby. And I was thinking of names. It just kind of hit me. Sons of Sankofa. And I was like, yo, because we really are lighting the way back home for people. And this work that we do, yeah, it's time, you know, community work and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, Sons of Sankofa. And of course it was men and I was doing rites of passage. But then as time went, right, doing this work, I brought in a bunch of elders and things like that. I didn't feel like that name was totally respectful of the sisters because I, one time we were having a meeting and I and I said that, you know, um, there's two things I wanted. I said, we need to get some more gray hairs up in here and we need more vaginas. You know, two things. You know, we, we need some elders. And when I say gray hair, some about elders. I guess I could be talking about myself now. <laughs> but back then, you know, before even one gray hair had appeared, uh, I would say, yeah, we need some more gray hairs up in here. And um, we need some, some, some women elders. We need some females up in here. So eventually that, that turned into the Anu Temple. You know, um, which now you you all know is the Anu Nation. But this thing, I said, I didn't just start doing this. You know, this is going through many different phases in that sense. But essentially why I felt that was because, okay, we're meeting. We're starting off our sessions with libations. We're doing this. We're doing that. You know, we're going through the mo- – we're doing all the right stuff. I got a lot of really smart brothers in the mix, you know, some who have who have masters and PhDs in education and and in cultural inclusion and, and African studies. Like I got all the smart guys in the room, you know, I got I got all my ex-con <laughs> warrior friends up in the room. I got you know, I got some couple of older brothers, you know, I I got everything up in here. We ready to go, but you know what? There's no children. There's no children running around getting spankings because they knocking stuff over. Y'all go play in it. None of that's happening. Um, There's no sisters up in here. So this is not a complete circuit. I remember one time sitting there and and it kind of hit me too, because at the time there was a sister I was with and she would always make, she was a chef. She would always make food for all of our meetings and they loved her cooking. Oh my goodness. They would just go crazy. Because sister, she really Oshun woman. You know, so you know Oshun women, they 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 get that that food witchcraft down pat. <laughs> you know, they know how to do that food alchemy for real. And um, she had that energy, and whatever she made, it didn't matter what it was. It could be something you didn't even like. It just tasted good. It'd be asparagus or something, some real grown up food. You know, <laughs> okra, asparagus, something that only adults like. Because I don't like grown up food that much. You know. Um, but she, when she would make it, it would just be delicious, you know. Um, and then she made her own salad dressings. And, you know, cause normally I just put olive oil on everything. But, you know, so she just had this alchemy. And these brothers started falling in love with my, with my woman. You know, one of the elders was even like, Baba, so, you know, 
where where are you two at? You know, how how are you, you know, how serious are you, Baba? Because, you know, oh, man, I need that child's phone number. And I was like, Baba, like, yo, you seen her go upstairs in my bedroom, like, when y'all left. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm hitting that. No, I didn't say that. I'm joking. But I just said, no, no, we, you know, we, we together, you know. Um, but I sat back and I said, yeah, see, this isn't natural. This isn't natural. We no, they're supposed to be a, a, a crew of sisters doing their thing while we're doing our thing, and it's supposed to be a bunch of children running around here. This has got to be bigger. This has got to be much bigger than than than, than these brothers, man, because we're not tapping into the right power. We just we'll never get this thing off the ground, and it never get off the ground like this. Now we may do some rites of passage experiences, and we may do little things here and there, but we're never gonna get this thing really off the ground the way it should be until we bring the family in. We need the whole family up in here. And then that's when it evolved later. You know, I had gotten a temple down in Harlem and that space. And, you know, and then I had another one in Jersey and it was expensive. It was all out of my pocket. I never asked for a dime, nothing. But it didn't matter. It was an investment because I knew when I did this, it was going to grow. And it changed. It grew. It changed. <laughs> you know, eventually I had to bring the sister, the, the, the temple down, you know, and Try something else, and right, let me do this online thing, and let me try this, just and do the classes online and stuff. You know, just going through different ways, but always keeping that family present. You see, because that's the tapping into that power. So just like this, this image that's on the screen that that I gave you, like I said, you have that that husband functioning in that man role, you know, and providing that collective covering and that collective shelter. Like a lot of times when you guys hear me speak about Anu. You always hear me say, like, well, I'm not really the builder. You know, now I know what I'm saying. Sometimes people will try to correct. No, Chief, I think you are building. Just listen to what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't just allow things just spill out of my mouth and don't understand. You know, I'm clearing the way for y'all to do your thing, as men should. You know, there's some men who are great builders, but ultimately it's the women that produce. You see, but they can't produce under duress. So you have to create a situation where you cover them, where you can put them in a winning position. Now, you got some poop butt women that you may put in position and they don't produce. They don't do anything. You know, they just sit there and they complain or they whine or whatever. Get them out the way. Just 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 like you would weeds and you pull weeds out, pull the weeds out and plant some new women. You know, plants with new ones. It's just like when you have children. I know this sounds cruel. I had to explain this to my youth the other night. We were talking about that, and I, they kind of got their feelings a little hurt. But I had to tell them this: you know, you, y'all need to understand this. And I and I told them, I said, I make more children. I keep making children to the day I die. You know, until this thing, until it's the way I want it to be. Men know we know what we want. You know, you got to understand that again. The difference between the masculine and the feminine energy. Feminine energy never knows what it wants because it's chaotic. It's not about defining. It doesn't want anything. See, that's the whole essence of the negative vibration or the yin vibration. It's complete within itself. So it doesn't want. It's the masculine energy that creates gods that says, I want, I need, I need to define this. I need to see this. I need to touch this. It, look, it seeks for definition. You see, so that's why you always hear me say, well, when you're dealing with the Akashic energy or the feminine energy or the negative vibration, it's the causeless cause. Meaning that it just it exists just because we don't know it just be. Whereas when you start dealing with 
the masculine energy, well, this God's name is this, and it represents this, and it does this. So it's 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 the do actions or the or the or, or, or the do experiences that really help to define the masculine a little bit more. So the man is supposed to know what to do or what he wants. And, you know, so I always try to explain that. Some people get it, some people don't. When I may be speaking about certain things, especially as it pertains to culture, and people will say things like, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do Because I don't want that. That's why. I'm a man. I know what I want. You see? Just like, a, and a lot of you sisters, you make that mistake. Let me give you that little science. I know you ain't going to like it, but you need to hear it. A lot of sisters will get with men and think that they can work their way into the man's heart. We don't function that way. We know what we want from the very beginning. Okay, it's different. You know, a lot of times with women, you, we can work our way into your house. We can stay around long enough till we win you over. You, know, you don't win a man over, believe it or not. Now, he may get with you. He may even marry you. But you, he could do all of that. See, this is how, this is how listless and unmanlike some guys are. They'll go through all of that and still not want you. At the, at the end of the day, you're still not the one that they want, but they don't really have the confidence to, to, to think that they can have what they want. You see, so if you just hung around long enough, you know, and he struck out enough times, he said, all right, well, let me just go and get with Cheryl. Well, let me just go get with, with Betty or, <laughs> you know, sister, sister this or sister that. Let me just, you know, because she's she been there. And then, you know, you got the ones who will convince you, yeah, man, that's just been down for you, man. You might as well give her a shot. But, you know, you don't even want that. And you don't function on that paradigm. So now you're just making a mess. Because 5, 10, 15 years down the road, it's going to come out. Then you start treating her funny and all that stuff like that. So we know what we want. All right? We're not women. You know, when we start acting like that, that's when your red flag better go up. When we don't know what we want. So what you want to do with your career? I don't know, babe. What do you think I should do? You better get away from him. <laughs> you, he shows up for the date. I've given you this example before. What do you want to eat? I don't know what you feel like. You, you better, listen, date's over, brother. I'm sorry. Go back inside, close the door. Turn all the lights out, close the shades, change your phone number. He's going to take you on a world of hurt. It's coming. It may, and it's going to manifest in so many different ways. You're going to be on a world of hurt. In the same instance, if I meet a sister and she's telling me her plan from the get, you know, sis, we're going to have to end this right here. Or telling me how I need to do something. Why don't you do it this way? Why don't you shut the F up? What? All right, well, listen, you should have known better than to do that. (laughs) Don't step into the lion's cage. That's dumb. I'm a man. I know what I want. I know what I'm doing. I'm directed. Now, only thing you could do is get under this goddamn umbrella. I don't need you to hold the umbrella. I got it. I got big arms. I can hold this thing all day. And I can hold, my umbrella is big enough to cover you and what I produce through you. All right? So don't get any ideas in your mind that the children are more yours or you love them more or whatever, because I'm holding all of y'all down. That's my job. My umbrella is going to be bigger than yours. In a simple sense, even in a relationship, I've never driven, well, except for one for a little while, I've never driven a car that was smaller than the, than the car that my woman was driving because I'm always having my mind that I have to fit everybody. And she, it might just be her and the children sometimes. But for me, it's going to be, if it, I'm always going to have an SUV, even if I don't drive it every day, you know, or, or at least a big body sedan, at least. 
Because if she's with me, then that means I have to carry her and the children. So my vehicle has to be big enough for everybody. Her vehicle doesn't necessarily have to be big enough for everybody, just for her and the children, because her umbrella covers herself and it's, well, her, her umbrella doesn't even really cover her. My umbrella covers her. Her umbrella covers her children, our children. You see? But mine has to stay big enough to cover everybody's dreams. So it's just like that elder who was like, yeah, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. <laughs> and, you know, to this day, I never said anything to him about it. Like, I never said, yo, you know, I thought you did this and did that. You know, I never because I appreciate him pushing me like that. You know, Adura Yamio Shoronga Emoju by Yamio Shoronga. What on the general? All right, cool, cool. I don't know what happened there. Something something crashed, but we're back. <laughs> it happens. Oh, just and, and I think I'm back. So just give me a thumbs up or something. Let's let back. Okay, thank you, brother Shaga. All right, I don't know how much you've missed. I'm not even going to try to find out. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, you know what? I feel bad about what I just did. Let me play the fullness of that song. All right, I shouldn't have did that. I cut that short. Um, yeah, I feel a little bad about that. All right, I'm gonna play a quick sonic libation. I'm coming right back. All right, I just yeah, I didn't feel right cutting that short, man. That elder was singing, and that that wasn't right. Give me one second. Adura yamio shoronga. Emoju bae inya mi o shoronga Oto no e jenwa ato konjedo Moju bae inya mi o shoronga Oto no e jenwa ato konjedo Eje wo ye ni kale wo Eje wo ye ni kale wo Oh ye 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 koku Oh ye 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 koku Mojuba e inya mi o shoronga Oto no e jenwa ato konjedo Mojuba e inya mi o shoronga Oto no e jenwa ato konjedo Eje wo ye ni kale wo Eje wo ye ni kale wo Oh ye 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 kuku Oh ye 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 kuku Emoju ba e inya mi o shoronga Oto no e jenwa ato konjedo Emoju ba e inya mi o shoronga Oto no e jenwa ato konjedo Eje wo ye ni kale wo Eje wo ye ni kale wo Oh ye 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 kuku all right i'm back yeah i just i just you know felt like i should play it i I don't like quitting (laughs) so i feel like i should play it all the way through all right i like to see things through through completion um so yeah i see that you you all were saying that i got cut off when i was explaining how the umbrella works that means you missed a lot of information just now but (laughs) It's all right. I'm not going back to all that. It is it, it, both to come through. So we're going to leave it. <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, so again, it's just the idea Now you see again with the different roles now, like under that wife's aspect, you see she she handles the children and she manages. The home. She's the manager of the home. You know, 
um, sometimes people don't understand the, the importance of a properly managed homestead. You know, remember, again, namo, meaning life or meaning the home, you know, or eco, I'm sorry, meaning life, namo, meaning management or meaning home. So, you know, your economy is managing your home or managing your life. You know, it's the life of the home. So if the home isn't run correctly, man, then everything falls apart. You know, we had mentioned, uh, and thank you, Brother Lowe, for that information you gave on Suleiman. Um, I was trying to figure out in a show we were talking about, I don't know how, we, we got on the Ottoman Turks. You know, sometimes we, we travel all over the place. And I had mentioned, I couldn't remember if it was Suleiman or one of his sons that had married out of love, but it was Suleiman. He had married that um, Russian woman, which well, was Polish, um, Roxelana, who was later named as Huram or Hurim Hatin, I believe her name was. But anyway, um, you know, Suleiman had like 300 concubines. You know, if you understand about how the concubine worked, he wasn't touching all of them. It, was, it wasn't about he's having sex with 300 different women. Um, those okay i'm getting a report that i have no sound but i think anthony brother anthony you might be delayed i think that's what's happening um yeah hopefully you're just delayed but you know the thing is um those women they weren't like sex slaves as people imagine they they managed the home so he had 300 women managing the kingdom and at times sometimes when these rulers when they would go away on war campaigns the women would take on governmental positions. You see, okay, it's definitely delayed. Yeah, it's probably delayed because of whatever happened earlier that caused the crash. They probably put everything behind. It's cool, though. You know what I mean? No big deal. You, you know, I'm still amazed at the technology. I was around when faxes were, were invented. <laughs> I was amazed by the fax machine. So, you know, listen. If there's a little bit of delay, that ain't no big deal, man. Look at how many people I'm talking to at one time. I mean, we got Sister Georgina from the Netherlands. She's listening. We got we got Brother Antonio. He's in the Bahamas. Brother Byron's on. He's he's in uh, England. You know, come on now. <laughs> a little delay doesn't mean much of anything. Look look at how many look at how many places we connected just that quickly. So yeah, man. And then of course you know I got my Canadian listeners, Canada. Canada can't Canada can't get enough of cheap you yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um yeah, man. But yeah, you know, but yeah, so we were talking about that. But like I said, man, you know, those women, they managed the home. They kept things um tight in that sense. So you start to see the value of managing children and managing the home. See, that's when we talk about, well, you know, so many women, and we've had this a lot of times, call them and say, well, I don't, I don't have a problem with authority. I have a problem with submission. Okay, well, then that means you can't get under the umbrella. That's all. That's all it means. Because somebody's going to do it and somebody, somebody is going to profit from the, prop, from, from the power that comes as a result. But everyone has to be in alignment, even down to the children. The children have to be manageable. You see, they're a part of the homestead. You know, and then, of course, you know, the the woman is managing the home, so she has to have a home. <laughs> you got to give her a home. You know, so it's like there's, there's components to this thing that create the power structure. You see, but everybody is coming underneath something in a sense. You see, and uh, people have problem with the man, what the man comes under a lot of times because it's like, well, we don't see what he's coming under. You know, we say, well, he's coming under divine guidance. 
And then, of course, you could say, well, I got divine guidance, too. Yeah, but not like he has it. And you don't have the gift of interpretation in the same way that he has it. That's why you pretty much will have dreams about stuff and can't never interpret it, interpret them. Chief, I had this dream about this and that. What does it mean? I don't know. I got this power. I hear this from sisters all the time. I have this gift. I see things before they come and this and that, but I don't know what to do with it. You got to pay attention to the basic and simple cues, because like I said in the other segment, life is the magic ritual. The things that you do as above, so below. So law of correspondence. If just like when when you're given a ritual to do, a lot of you are sometimes are terrified to do it because you feel like if you do it wrong, you're going to create some problem in your life. But what if I mix this thing wrong or say this thing wrong or put this color together or put this. Da, 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 da. So you you're already acknowledging, recognizing that there's an order to things. When you're dealing with the spiritual world or the spiritual community, there's an order to do things. Well, why would you think it would be any different in, in, in the physical world? Let's think about that for a second. Why would it be any different? Just like there's an order of arrangement of your spiritual formulas, there's an order of arrangement of your earthly formulas. And your resistance and, and your rebelliousness to that order of arrangement detracts power out of your life. You do a spiritual ritual because you want something to happen. You notice your rituals are never happening. And you find out later it's because of the order that you were doing things. So you weren't able to tap into that power. Okay. As above, so below. As below, so above. The laws of correspondence just flip it the other way. If you don't respect the order here on the planet, there's an order to, to, to get things to happen here on the planet. If you don't respect that, you won't tap into the power. So your families have no power. Yeah, we sitting down. We I don't know. Y'all do Thanksgiving or whatever ridiculous holiday they come up with. But you sit down. We eating together. We go to church together. Whatever it is y'all do. But nobody's functioning in their proper role. The man is not covering the household. The children are unmanageable. unmanageable. Um, the wife is not coming underneath the covering of, of anything but maybe her pastor or her Bob aloud. That's the other sickening one. You know, well, Baba told me that Baba, man, that Baba's not your husband. All right. Baba ain't got to fill up the tank in your funky car. Baba's might not even be by your bedside if you get sick and have to go into the hospital. It's going to have to make those critical decisions about your life. That includes Chief Yuya. You got a man, you better start there. Come underneath that covering. Now, some of you dudes, your umbrella is too, <laughs> too small. <laughs> Instead of having umbrellas, you got hats with propellers on it. That little hat that you got with a propeller on it, that little beanie, that's not going to, you know, you can't cover anybody with that, man. You got to expand your awareness out a little further because, you know, you're not, you're not able to protect or cover anybody with what you bring into the table, you see. And you might have a woman that picks up on that and says, mm, I don't think so. I don't think you can accommodate what I'm bringing. You know, some women bring more than others. And I, when I say more, I'm not talking about baggage. They bring more gifts and more dynamics to the table. You know, you might meet a woman who's, um, you know, she wants to she wants to heal some some huge disease or, or something like that. And she needs you to be able to support that more than just going to her graduation. You 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 know, within yourself, you may not have the consciousness or the wherewithal to be able to cover that. Well, that's not the woman for you, man. You know, don't be greedy. 
<laughs> Let somebody who's built for that take that because eventually you got to understand the nature of a woman. She going to go anyway. Women are ruthless. We learn about that in the sacred Odu Oyeku Meji, where it tells us to never give our confidence to a woman because they're traitors and liars. Right? And don't take that the wrong way. That's ancient wisdom. It's not saying that a woman is inherently wicked. It's saying that a woman is inherently in tune with survival mechanisms. And she's crafty. We go back again to like I could, I could teach on this all day. We go back again to the Ottoman Empire and the sister that, well, the, she wasn't no sister, but the woman we was talking about earlier, um, um, Roxelana, who was eventually renamed to um, Haram. But, you know, this woman was pure evil. Pure evil. If you study the science on it. You know, this was not a nice person, man. She Like when I said earlier that Suleiman was the first emperor to marry for love, Yes and no. That's what how history tells it. But if you really do the science and study it, that chick that chick conned him. You know, he he she ended up marrying him, which was unheard of at that time, and then had him fire the rest of the concubines. So he locked she locked down his sexuality. He was like, yo, and you're not gonna be sleeping with any woman on the side. That all of that was unheard of. But she was so manipulative and so cunning and crafting with hers that she was able to to to. Slick her way into position. She was worse than Anne Boleyn. If any of you are familiar with, with um, the Tudor family, that dynasty and, and the Boleyn sisters, Anne Boleyn was another evil one. But this is how I look at it. This is just women exercising their God-given abilities. If you're bigger than me, you're stronger than me, you know more about the world than me. What can I use to gain position? Let's not forget, again, if we look at Haram and that story of, with, with Suleiman, the Magnificent, she was captured as a slave. You see? So I'm a slave. You capture me, and then eventually I'm sold into your royal household as your sex slave, essentially, as your royal concubine, right? Now, how could I figure out how to maneuver myself into position to get back at you for enslaving me. See, history, you know, you study her, like she's one of the most evil women to have ever lived in history, but to me, she's one of the most unleashed and liberated women to have ever lived in history. You're going you're gonna to enslave me and I'm supposed to be nice about it? I'm not supposed to destroy your household? Because she she made him spineless. She was a huge part. Of, she was a huge cause of the, the decline of the Ottoman Empire because of this woman and because of how he basically became a total simp for her. Suleiman. I think it's, it's, it's so evil. It's, so, it's beautiful to me. What else was she supposed to do? You enslaved me. My parents were killed. We, we could just go on, you know. A woman is going to use the tools that are available to her. She can't get in your face and start punching you. Yeah, that don't hurt. <laughs> you know, she, you're not going to get, she's not going to out, you know, um, rationalize you through argument. That ain't going to work. She uses the other tools at her disposal, her power of sexuality, and how that can render any man spineless. That could break down any man. Some women are more in tune to being able to use that and some ain't. Well, that's the difference between a whore and a regular woman. A whore knows how to use it. I know, I know. You want to hear that one, right? I know, I know, I know. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> I know. This is some rough truth. 
But don't worry, I gave you umbrellas earlier. That was a cute example. Right? I gave you something cute before I gave you something ugly. <laughs> it's just about learning each other. And then when you start to learn each other, you get out of each other's way. So often we're in the way of our women. We're in the way of our children. We're in the way of our husbands. And because we're in the way and we don't want to play our position, we refuse to play our position because we're ignorant, because we're stupid. That's honestly all it is. We're just ignorant. We keep our communities and our families totally disempowered. And then we, we just grow old and alone and bitter. Because you didn't want to get into alignment. You didn't feel like providing and covering for your family. You didn't feel like respecting his authority. So now everything like a bunch of pipes in the backyard, they stay separated and broken and disconnected from one another with no power. All right. That has been our segment. We're getting ready to go into the men's call in a couple of minutes. For those of you who are in the, in the ministry, make sure you call in. You would have received the email by now, but you already know it's the same number to call in that you always do in the same access code. All right. For the men's call, I will be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Tomorrow dawning. Excuse me for that. Tomorrow dawning, 7 a.m. Uh, to continue on with a new topic. All right. And make sure at the end of the month, this <laughs> Marvin the Magi. That's funny. I was waiting for somebody to do that. Umbrella. Ella, Ella. I knew someone that was coming. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, and if there was any questions in the chat, I'll grab them later and I'll talk about it tomorrow. All right. Because I don't want to step over the time for the men's meeting. I'm already dangerously close to that 1 p.m. All right. Um, until such time, all of you Sedulu House students, peace to you. All of you, our new life global ministry members, peace to you as well. Stay connected. Stay in touch. All right, peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.